Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and we are in day three of round one of these first round playoffs of the NBA playoffs. And last night, well, this episode's gonna be short. I'm I'm not I'm gonna keep it a buck. This episode's gonna be short because last night was ugly. There's only one one game I really want to get into. The other two were about what you expect. Let's 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 just start off with the with the ugliest game of the night. We had the Nuggets um going down 106-126 to the Golden State Warriors. Uh the Jokic was very frustrated. Got ejected from this game off a of phantom foul. He he thought he got fouled. Looking through replay, he did not get fouled. He went up and charged the ref up, was yelling and yelling and yelling. Got thrown out the game. It was kind of just ridiculous. He only played 28 minutes, so that's probably good on his body. Like I said, I'm sure Jokic, I, I'm just betting there's going to be, like I said, a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. Jokic might give you one of those dominant performances, and to do that, he's going to need to be well-rested. Um, You didn't get much from Will Barton. He shot 5 for 15 putridly. Uh, Aaron Gordon shot 3 for 9. He didn't really help. This Nuggets team just doesn't doesn't have anyone to help. The Nuggets don't have no one to make up for the scoring. Like once teams lock in on Jokic and he tries to be like, okay, well somebody help me. He passes the ball around. He has no other help. He has to create every shot for everybody. He doesn't have a single shot creator on his team as of right now. Um. As we saw, we you can see that the Nuggets coach has been under fire lately because of this playoff series. Everybody's been calling for his head, calling for his job. Nuggets fans have not been happy with him, which I don't really understand what they expected from him, like what they expect him to do with this kind of roster where you just don't have the pieces. You don't you don't have the pieces to do anything yet. You're Yet the fan base expects you to be like, well, we have the MVP. You need to figure something out. You you have to figure something out. But there's only so there's only so much Mike Malone could do. There's honestly just so much Mike Malone could do. Um, and I see them possibly. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He did just sign his extension, so we'll see how that goes. If the Nuggets want to really just um, bite that bullet and listen to their fan base, fire their coach, hire a new coach and go through the same cycle again, except for, I mean, the new coach would reap the benefits because you, um, Jamal Murray and MPJ would be coming back. So it's not even going to be the same. You're going to be like, oh, see, this is why we need a new coach. But it's like, no, y'all just need to get healthy. That's all they need to do. Mike Malone was doing a good job with y'all um, before, prior to the injury. Like, you want him to make adjustments, and they're like, well, he should be able to outcoach people and make adjustments. and figure something out with this bench unit and these role guys and these guys that just can't compete. And it's like, you're expecting him to do magic at this point. Because like I said, the Nuggets just don't have the players. And let's say if they were, if they were going, if they were matched up against a different team, I could understand. Or if they weren't the underdog, like they're the six seed. Like, what are you expecting? I know you have the MVP, but Nuggets fans need to be realistic. You are the sixth seed playing the three seed Warriors who are a title favorite. And y'all are getting washed as you should. And you're getting upset saying, hold up, hold up, hold up. We shouldn't be getting washed. We should be competing. 
when y'all don't have two of your best players available. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Nuggets fans are delusional at the moment, trying to ask for Mike Malone to be fired, in my opinion. And I don't see it happening. I see Mike Malone, but like I said, again, he has the extension. Give him a couple more years with um Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. When they come back healthy, they knock the rust off. If they still don't get it done, then I can be like, okay, yeah, you can blow that one up. Other than that, like, y'all need to relax. Um, On the other end, this team just isn't fair. This 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 last brother team just 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 so crazy. Um, you had Steph Curry coming off the bench again. He gave you thirty four efficiently, twelve of seventeen, five of ten from the three. This man is just man, Steph different, and he came he coming off the bench right now doing that. And just to think, the role is about to be reversed to where you're gonna have Steph Curry back in the lineup, but you're gonna have Jordan Poole off coming off the bench. And Jordan Poole has been hooping too. Jordan Poole dropped twenty nine and eight, just like he was crazy efficient as well. Ten of sixteen. He just like Curry also went five of ten from the three, and and they just they, they that's a crazy combination. That, that's just that's just not even fair. Like you, the Warriors did it right. The Warriors did right. They have a championship contending team while at the exact same time. They have their youth for the future. They have Jordan Poole's up next. They still have what's called Moses Moody. They still have Wiseman. They still have Kaminga. They still have all these players who need to develop, but it's like Jordan Poole's already finished developing, and he's still going to continue. He hasn't. He's finished developing into a solid NBA player, but he hasn't even reached his full potential yet, and it's just scary to even think that. I'm still just like shocked that they didn't give him most proof player. Like I'm with Draymond on that one. Like he went from being a G League player last year to being the second option on a championship contender team, twenty point per game scorer. And if you if who knows, like he was a candidate the entire year. Who knows if Steph would have missed time and they could have still been he could have put up bigger numbers. Who knows? He could he could it could have been even crazier, but this man should have been most improved. There's no doubt about it. You still had Clay with twenty one. Wiggins um chipped in and Wiggins is going back to his role of just being like a uh getting a lock in defensively and just been that kind of middle glue guy. Same with Draymond there as well, just locking in defensively. It's just that death lineup of Steph, Poole, Clay, Wiggins and Draymond. When they go small, is just that's just scary to even think about. That's just so crazy to me. Um, the next game I want to jump into is the Seventy Sixers Raptors. Like I said, we're gonna keep it short. Um, this game got close at one point. Um, at the end of four, you saw where in the fourth you saw the Raptors going to run. They tried to make it look close and look respectable, but for the most part, this this was not a close game. 76 got up to like almost a 30 point lead. They were blowing them out. And then the Raptors made a little run, but it wasn't a legitimate enough run to truly worry. It's it's very it's very very ugly. You had James Harden still hasn't figured it out offensively. He's still just being a playmaker. Um Tyrese Maxey is still just killing y'all. He shot 72% from the field, had 23-9 and 8 on triple double watch. Joel Joel B had 31 and 11, and people were upset because he had like 12 of his 14 free throw attempts in like the 
first uh, quarter. Like he well, he had a ton of free throws. I don't remember exactly. He had a ton of free throws in the first quarter. And people were like, oh, well, blah, blah. He's getting every whistle. Tobias Harris has 20 and 10. However, I don't know what Toronto is expecting. They're complaining about Joel B getting the whistle. You have a small forward guarding him. You have a small forward guarding one of the best bigs in the league. A small forward slash power forward guarding one of the best bigs in the entire NBA. A top two center in the NBA, and you have a undersized big on him. What are you expecting? Um, at first, y'all were starting Scotty Barnes on him, a rookie. Of course, they're going to foul. Then you try to throw Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam is cool, but Pascal Siakam is not a center. Pascal Siakam is look is half the size of Joel Embiid weight-wise, and he's only 6'8 to Joel Embiid's 7'1". Come on now, like, like, come on now. Like, y'all got to be realistic at some point. I don't know what y'all were expecting there. They also threw Precious on there. I don't know what Precious was supposed to do either. That's just another undersized player. Um, they're, they're throwing these undersized players at the, at like, again, the most dominant big in the NBA or dominant, one of the do- most dominant bigs. He led the NBA in scoring. Let's just say that. The, the, NBA leader in scoring, y'all put undersized big on. Y'all threw 6'8", six, 6'8". Eight, six, eight. And I know that's kind of Toronto's thing. They got 6'8", six, 6'9", six, guys. They just throw a lot of quirky schemes and everything like that. Nick Nurse can outcoach you. Nick Nurse can do all these things. But it's like, y'all don't have an answer for him. Y'all can throw all these quirky things. Y'all can throw all these bodies at him. But that's not enough. Like, that's just not enough. You have nobody over 6'9". That plays any minutes. Like nobody over six nine plays any rotational minutes, and y'all expect to to stop the NBA leading scorer, big man who's averaging thirty a game. Like we got at some point, we got to get real. Um, I know y'all talking about the, even without the foul baiting, and even without the fouling, because he didn't really get the foul baiting the whole game. He got it a good a lot for the first half, and they still dominated you. Like, what, what's the problem? Like, Fred Van Fleet had 20 points on 7-23 shooting. Pascal Siakam, 7-20 shooting. Like, if y'all want to talk about and complain about something, complain about your poor shooting. I know you're talking about, oh, well, we're not getting a whistle like that. Even regardless of the whistle, yes, the free throw those disparity is, like, large. But, again, look at the personnel. If you put uh, – if you put Shaq right here and you put a 6'10 guy on him, I know Joel B's not Shaq, but that's why I put a 6'10 instead of a 6'8 guy on him. You know, give him a couple more inches. You give put Shaq and a 6'10 guy right here. You don't think that every time Shaq goes up, it's not going to be a foul? More times than not, you're not playing good defense on that. You're undersized and outmatched. You're going to have to foul him to stop him. Um, now, they're not going to call every foul because that would take too long. But a lot of times, Raptors are getting away with fouls, too. Y'all, like, they're, Joel B's going up. Y'all can't stop him, so you're going to have to foul him. Like, you can't, you, can't, you can't stop somebody like that, especially when you're undersized. So y'all just kind of, kind of, I don't, I don't understand the complaints in that regard. Like I said, y'all still, and y'all complaining about Embiid, y'all still can't even stop Tyrese Maxey or Tobias Harris. Like, y'all keep focusing in on James Harden, which I don't understand. They're locking in on James Harden. And then kind of playing space with Harris or Maxi or anybody else, and 
Tobias Harris was like, okay, I'll catch and shoot open threes then, or I'll catch one dribble pull up. Like y'all, y'all giving me space. Tyrese Maxey is a slasher. First and foremost, yes, he can shoot and yes, he can score other ways too, but he is a slasher first and foremost. Y'all are giving him an extra first step. Y'all giving him the first step because y'all are playing in space because y'all are worried about Harden. I know Harden is a dynamic player, but he's not the scorer he used to be. Y'all are playing in space, leaving Tyrese Maxey to just drive on you, letting all these other players just destroy you. And so I don't want to hear I, don't, I really just don't want to hear the complaints from Raptors fans because y'all are just delusional. Y'all were delusional at this point. Y'all sound delusional at this point. And you sound like a bunch of whining. And I'll honestly, no offense, but it does sound like whining because you're outmatched in that regard on that spot. I can understand if the criticisms and the points were fair. Yes, I understand. Like, like at one point, they were saying they wanted Embiid ejected out of the game because of the f- game one, he was injuring players. Even though, like, even though it's an accident, they wanted him gone. I'm like, y'all are just looking for anything at this point, and y'all just got to admit, y'all are outmatched this series. Y'all are just outmatched this series, and y'all have a promising future. You have Scotty, who's missing. He missed this game, game two, but he's going to come back. Scotty Barnes, you have a future. You have you have a great you have you have a great player right there, Scotty Barnes, a potential top fifteen player when he finally hits his peak. Just be patient. It don't have to be right now. It's like it doesn't have to be right now. Y'all got plenty of time. It doesn't have to. Be, I know it's with the culture now. It's what have you done for me lately? Everybody's in the moment, but y'all got plenty of future to build on the Raptors. Y'all y'all just won a championship a couple years ago. Y'all are already scary with the future, and y'all can look like y'all can come back to the again. Y'all just missing a big and like uh, a consist another consistent uh score from outside of the paint, and y'all be all right. Like, just be patient, y'all fine, y'all fine. Raptors fans, just chill out. And then the last series I want to talk about of the night is golly, golly. Shout out Dallas, man. Shout out to hometown Dallas. Y'all know that's from that's my origin. That's where I come from. That's that's my hometown and everything. I live out in San Antonio now. But shout out Dallas. Shout out to hometown. Um that's just so crazy to me. That's so crazy to me. This this Utah this Utah team are a bunch of frauds. And I'm with it though. You know, we as I'm glad as the NBA community we all hate Utah. We love your, your your fans. Y'all are cool. Y'all are cool. Cause y'all are like watching basketball like this. But we just we just can't rock with y'all until y'all erase that. Um, you know what out out of the history books. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we know he's a horrible person, but he was a great basketball player. Until we erase him out of these history books, Utah are never gonna get respect from me. But um, what's called Jalen Brunson went crazy. Jalen Brunson went crazy. Forty one points. 15 to 25, highly efficient, 60% from the three. This man had four that one, eight and five, no turnovers, no fouls. What was his negative? He just came out and who just was cooking. He was just doing what he was supposed to do. And the they this they just killed them. They 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 killed them. Max Kleber, he had eight threes this um tonight. You had Doran Finney-Smith. He only hit three, but it was still just Reggie Bullock was facing him out. The only one that really had a poor game was Spencer Dinwiddie. He he had a horrible shooting game, but that's still fine because you still have to guard him. 
The Mavs outsmarted the Jazz. I mean, they really have to outsmart the Jazz. They deal what everybody does to the Jazz. They, 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 at this point, it's getting ridiculous. It really is. They spaced the court out. They went five out. They were like, okay, Rudy Gobert, you're going to have to guard somebody on the perimeter. When Rudy Gobert didn't help, oh, it was free. It was free walking into the paint because we know, oh, the Jazz don't have good perimeter defenders. So that's why Rudy Gobert looks so amazing. I mean, that's why Rudy Gobert is so important because he needs the, like like he makes up for a lot of the holes and a lot of the flaws for the rest of the Jazz players. Like Rudy Gobert is a phenomenal defender. He's a great, amazing defender. I just hate that he's in Utah, but he's a phenomenal generational type. The defensive big, however, he's highly exploitable due to this because he doesn't have the because he doesn't have the guards who can make up and guard on the perimeter. They'll just get ISOed. When they get ISOed like that, there's nothing. There's nothing he can do about it because if he helps, you saw what they did. They said, "Hey, Max Kleber, you get in that corner." Every time he helped, oh, kick out water, kick out water. This man had eight threes. You know, sometimes when he was, they put him on um, Dorian Finney-Smith, he was struggling for a little bit. Kick out water, kick out water. Hey, bring your, bring it. Hey, get back over here. You better guard me in this corner, water. And it's like, there's not much Rudy Gobert can do in that regard. And like I said, if they don't, if he doesn't help, that's a free layup every time. Because they're they're their defenders just aren't it, and yes, in theory, you're like okay, well there should be rotations. I like that. There should be. There should be that triangle rotation. Um, right when he goes down, right when he drives down, Rudy Gobert should immediately drop down. The wingman should immediately drop to the corner, and the guy that was guard that um drove the point guard or whoever drove in should immediately go to the wingsman, and then you have everybody covered up right there. But Dallas was executing it so fast. Utah didn't make any adjustments, and it was just food. It's just food. It's a bad showing. It was a very, very bad showing for Rudy Gobert, and I hate that because he did have a solid game. He had 17 boards. He 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 played solidly on the rebound and everything else outside of offense. He was looking fine defensively until they went to that scheme. Once they went to that scheme, he was non-existent. He was completely non-existent, and on a day where Jazz fans were all riled up and pissed off because Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year, shout out the Celtics, though. You feel me? Marcus Smart won the Defensive Player of the Year. Shout out the Celtics. Well-deserved, well-deserved. But on a day that he wins Defensive Player of the Year, all these Jazz fans riled up saying he doesn't deserve it. Rudy Gobert was robbed. People don't respect Rudy Gobert, blah, blah, blah. And then for him to come out here and get exposed again, man, the world works in mystery ways. Is it the world works in mysterious ways, man? Like that's just crazy. That's just crazy. Shut him up. It was. It, it just looked ugly. It looked very, very ugly. Offensively, it just looked bad. And the beginning, Donovan Mitchell looked like he made an effort to try to get Rudy Gobert the ball. Rudy Gobert fumbled a pass. Rudy Gobert missed a gimme. Uh, give he missed a gimme. And then you could tell Donovan Mitchell didn't want to pass to him anymore. Donovan Mitchell kind of went into this mode where he basically put his head down, 
in, locked in. He was like, I am shooting everything. There wasn't a shot that man didn't like. And usually that's fine, but he didn't shoot that well today. He shot 13 for 30, 3 for 10. The box score is going to tell you, oh, you just look at his, oh, he dropped 34, though. He shot 30 shots, and a lot of them were bad shots. A lot of them were bad shots, rush shots, shots that didn't need to get shot. Because, again, he just didn't, he, he fell in love. He, like, he could, he, there was no shot he didn't like. And when you get to that point where you're like, you're just not trusting your teammates, like Bogdanovich still plays solid, and Royce O'Neal was okay. Jordan Clarkson was really good scoring. He's a good spark plug off the bench. But when you get to that point where you have a big three, you're supposed to, quote, unquote, have a big three of Mike Conley, you, and Rudy Gobert. And Mike Conley was non-existent, zero points, 0 for 7, 0 for 3 from the three-point line, and he was just non-existent, got in foul trouble, was just disgustingly bad, disgustingly bad. And you're like, dang, so one of the big threes is just playing awful. The other part of the big three is getting exposed as well as he's fumbling my passes offensively and it's not working, you know, I'm just going to stop looking at him. I'm just going to start shooting everything up. And there was a lot of times where you saw Donovan Mitchell go up. He got past his defender. The big man stepped up and he just shot a floater over him where it's like normally you'd be like, why don't you just either throw up the lob to Rudy Gobert instead of a floater or attack the defender and do a little dump pass off to Rudy Gobert so he could dunk it and dominate. But – it looks like Donovan Mitchell has lost complete trust in Rudy Gobert, and it looks like he's lost complete trust in this Jazz team. This Jazz team is dysfunctional. Defensively, they've broken down, and they've fallen like into a rut. Offensively, they've looked disgusting because their number one scorer and best scorer and best offensive player on their team, arguably their best player, depending on who you like, what which side you um you go with. Some people say Rudy Gobert, some people say Donovan Mitchell is. Doesn't matter to me. Um. Arguably their best player obviously looks checked out and obviously looks like he's just gonna he's just out for his own. This doesn't look good. This doesn't look good. There's no way the Jazz bring it back and run it back next year. There's just there's just no way. They have to break this up. They have to either move Donovan Mitchell and get a slew of what's called assets, as in like younger guys, will or more willing defenders, things like that, and just be like, hey, we're just going to lock in defensively and just go that route of, like, Miami, where we don't have to have a number one option. We just have people, lots of people that can, can score. We we play team basketball, and we're just going to lock in defensively. Or they're going to have to somehow move Rudy Gobert. I don't see them moving Rudy Gobert because he, he has a specific skill set, and he can't – he can that's a specific skill set that's exploitable – and he's not bringing you anything offensively. No one's paying, no one's trading for Rudy Gobert simply based off of his contract. Um, I would love Rudy Gobert on the Celtics if we didn't have Rob Williams. Now that we have Rob Williams, I don't, like, I'd rather have um, Rob Williams than Rudy Gobert simply because he fits our offense better. Rob Williams doesn't even guard the big man. He guards somebody on the wing, and he plays great help defense because that goes with our scheme. Um, if he could space the floor, I would love to have him there, like to replace Al Horford because Al Horford's getting up there in years. But it just doesn't work for me personally. If you're a pick-and-roll heavy team or anything like that, like on the Mavericks, he'd be fine because they run heavy pick-and-rolls. He could, he could 
thrive there. He can make up for a lot of things defensively. And the Mavs have they still have a lot of weaknesses defensively, but they have better defenders to where they have some three and D guys where they can just be like, hey, we can we can guard the perimeter to where they're not gonna be able to just exploit you with a five out. We'll still be able to play solid defense. We'll still be able to rotate and we'll be able to match them offensively and just go from there. I don't know. I don't see this Jazz team going much further. Um, the Jazz really dropped the ball here, dropping a game to the Mavericks. Luka should be back by game three, and if Luka can look even 70%, this series is over. This series, All three of these series are over, in all honesty. Um, it's just... This, this, it's, it's spooky. It's spooky hours today. It's spooky hours today. Tonight's game should be more interesting. We're going to have round two of the... Um, Heat versus Hawks. See how that goes. Uh, let's see if Trey Young can bounce back. Then we have T Wolves and Grizzlies. I hate that they're coming on. Both these games gonna be playing at the same time, but at the same time, I understand it because if they don't and they try to wait for every game to finish, either they're starting a game at like three o'clock while people are at work and they they're losing viewers that way, or they're starting super late. So I understand it. We can see if the T-Wolves can steal another game or if the Grizzlies bounce back and re-dominate and show us that it's going to be a competitive series. And then we can have the Pelicans' Suns and have the Suns give the Pelicans another SmackDown versus Raw. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, anyways, this has been another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women, but most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we out.